Welcome in to another edition of This Week in UNC Baseball with UNC head coach Scott Forbes. It is May 1st. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Matt Clements. Of course, we're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Freely admit, Friday night, I was sort of dreading this conversation. <laughs> Saturday afternoon and Saturday night, 24 hours later, I couldn't wait to have this conversation. A heck of a day for your guys on Saturday up in Blacksburg. Yeah, thanks. That's, I mean, those guys, they deserve all the credit. Um, it's a, not like I've been telling everybody. It's a great group. I know we're in a tough stretch, but if you look at that tough stretch – those games, it's not like those games were over before they started. Um, you know, honestly, I felt like Miami, just we just didn't. Those one-run games, that happens in baseball. And then Boston College, almost like after that ball hopped over Colby's head, our guys just started having a little bit of doubt. So they had to fight through that, and that's our job as coaches to help them through that. And I felt like they got through it, bounced back, played great against Wilmington. And when I got back in my hotel room after game one against Virginia Tech, Obviously, we're all down, you know, like, man, you know, we score 18 runs against Wilmington and we can't, can't score one. But I'm a pitch, an old pitching coach, not an old pitching coach, but a former pitching coach. And uh, I go back and watch the game, and, and that kid pitched really good. Like, sometimes a guy's on, and uh, we just could not manufacture anything, and we couldn't get any runs. We had first and third, no outs early, and – you know, we talked to our guys the next day and said, all right, here we go. We, you know, let's, let's give it all we've got. We want to get on this bus. We'll go back to this hotel room completely exhausted. Uh, so I don't know if they were, but when I got back to that hotel room, I was exhausted in a good way. So it was good for our guys and I'm proud of them. Yeah. A lot to talk about, a lot to unpack from that Virginia Tech series. Um, you're right. Their, their pitcher was hot on Friday and uh, that's what folks don't understand enough in baseball is it, it takes one pitcher to have a great day to make you look bad. And that's all it is. Yeah. And he was able to do that. And then Saturday, the switch flipped. And I want to ask this Do you think that going forward, eye doctor appointments in January before the season starts should be an idea that you guys put into place? I mean, we do that anyway. It's already in place. Um, but Mac is, you know, as, as Coach Williams always said, players got to play, especially in your tough stretches. That And that statement by Roy Williams means your best guy's got to step up for you. And Mac is that guy. You know, this is about the time of year in his career where he starts playing really well, and he's a leader by example. Um, we're so lucky to have him here because he didn't have to come back. You know, and that's a credit to the culture of our program and Mac believing in and getting another year towards his degree, you know, walked away from some significant money last year as a draft eligible sophomore. Uh, so I feel like, you know, I owe so much to to Mac Horvath. But man, Mac put us on his back, um, stepped up and got those big hits. And if you look at it, that was his team eighteen innings as team gets. You know, we had to use a lot of guys uh, that that you know you wouldn't necessarily look at the box score and say, hey, Matty Mathias threw one huge inning. Well, that's the way I look at it. Like he he went three up and three down and bridged the gap a little bit. So, but man, what a weekend! What a week for Mac Horvath, you know, because he had been in a little bit of a struggle and 
and uh, very, very coachable. Been working on that timing, and boom, man, he, he didn't mess around, did he? He did not, and I'm going to ask you this. You've been in baseball for a long time. I've been around and watched a lot of baseball. I'm not quite sure I've seen a four-game stretch and really just a three-game stretch when you have numbers like that. Have have you seen anything like that from either one of your players or just as much as you've consumed baseball over the years? I mean, the guy that I would say the closest to being that clutch as far – I mean, you look, I always look at the RBIs. You know, the home runs are great, but are they solo home runs? Do they come when it doesn't matter? But the duel when it matters, Colin Moran is a name that really goes to the top because he just had that knack. If you look at his career, 90-plus RBIs as a freshman, he just got it done when it mattered most. And uh, Max had a – even his first year where he really struggled and people questioned why we were sticking with him. At the end, you know, he started swinging the bat really well for us in those situations, and I think he likes to be in those situations. Coach, can you give us your perspective on the uh, Frick Demartini blow up uh, that sort of lit a fire under both teams? And, you know, it was kind of interesting from a perspective of trying to figure out when you weren't at the game and watching it on TV what exactly was going on because it it seemed like a, a big kerfuffle. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big word there. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm from. I'm a least senior graduate, North Carolina graduate, so I have no idea what that word means. Um, you know, our guys know how we're going to play here, and they know what is acceptable and what's not. Um, so I'll start with that. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, you can play hard, you can have emotion, but you're going to play the right way. I mean, we can we flip the switch here. We want our guys, when that game starts, we're coming after you and we're coming to get you, but we're never going to get down that road of, of talking to the other players after a strikeout or doing things that we don't think are the right way. And I firmly believe that in baseball, if you do that over and over and over, karma's going to get you. Um, but at the end of the day, Demartini hit the home run. He ran around the bases, mouthed something to our dugout. And uh, Tomas Frick, you know, told him to get back in the dugout. You know, you don't need to be doing that. And I would have done the same thing. He probably, honestly, Tomas probably did it better than I would have at his age. And, uh, you know, their head coach decided to go out of the dugout towards Tomas Frick. So I'm going to back my players. And I didn't like it. Um, and what happened after, what happened after. But you guys can pull up the video. Now, I was sitting down at dinner last night with my wife and my daughter. And I said, you know, it does. you should always try your best to do the right thing and say the right thing. But I remind our coaching staff, we're the adults. Our kids are players. And we should always be the one acting like adults. So you can go back and watch. Nowadays, if you say something that's inappropriate or or, or maybe you don't think it's any inappropriate, that's up to you to decide. But it's going to be out there with the video and Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I think if you zero in on that game and you watch exactly what happened, it's pretty clear. Um, so then after that, it's my job to back our players, but also to get them to calm down and understand like, okay, uh, the umpires decided to to warm both dugouts, which I didn't agree with, but that's usually how it works. And we have to focus on us. If you hit a home run, you need to drop the bat and run around the bases like you always do. You're not going to run your mouth, and uh, you can still play with emotion. But I was proud of our guys because we were awake anyway. It, it wasn't like we weren't awake. We knew the significance of both those games. And the game, you know, the way it started was awesome. It was fireworks for game two. They started actually with fireworks as they took the field. 
I could tell our guys were ready. But then when that happened, you find out even more about your team. And I did find out that this team ain't going to back down from anybody. Let, let me sneak in here and ask. I'm an old school baseball guy. And Martini can play. And he can damn oh, sure yeah. hit. I mean, he's, he, he, I mean, he can mash the baseball. The sticking the tongue out after the walk or whatever it was and all that. Let, let me ask you a question. Humor me for a second. I'm thinking if I'm a pitcher and he comes up with no on and two outs, you know where I'm going there. How, yeah. how, how difficult is it to tell somebody to, to get your team to stay focused in this game is important. Every run matters. Every base runner matters. Let it go. Because I'm thinking if I'm Knapp or whoever was yeah. pitching at the moment, I'm he's taking one. Coach Gaines told me he had to hold Knapp and Stokely back, and he said that was a job because that's too big. <laughs> Coach Gaines said that's two big youngins. Um, you know, that is that that's always been a big part of the game, right? You know, in the big leagues, if, if you do like if you do that, next guy, he might pay the price. Well, the, you know. We create this own monster um, until somebody does something about it, uh, and, and, and lets people do different things. Because you can't, you can't do that. You can't hit a guy number one; you could hurt him. And number two, uh, you're going to be thrown out of the game. You know, and 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 we we work with our pitchers on that. Now, all those years I was here, you know, you got an Alex White, you got an Andrew Kerrigan out there. I'd be holding my breath because I know how those guys were natured, and I would tell them, "You better not hit this guy." But I still would be holding my breath because, Tommy, I was the same way when I played. You know, that's a thought that goes through your head. But I think if you work on that, and we work on that here all the time, we talk about, okay, there's Derek Jeter. Let's look at how the right guys play the game. And that's how we're going to do it at UNC. And you know that we talk about all the time that it, the, the importance of poise and controlling your emotions. Like, if you don't understand that, it's a great thing about sports because if you don't learn to do it, it's going to, it's going to get you somewhere, especially in life. And uh, so we talk about it. We work on it all the time and it helps you in baseball. It helps you in life, you know, to, to, to think clear and to make better decisions. So I feel like our guys, they knew when it happened, like, okay, we're not going to certain things we're not going to do. But when that does happen, you know, the good thing can be if you've got some tough kids, all of a sudden, you know, they, they take it up even another level. And that's what I felt like our guys did. I felt like after that happened, the feeling I had in our dugout is there's no way we're not going to win this game. Like, our guys are going to find a way to win this game, and that's what I was most proud of. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I don't like seeing fly underneath the radar is just how well Cook has been uh, with reaching base. He's extended his own base streak to 33 can you talk about his incredible consistency at the plate and ability to get on base? Yeah, it's been huge for us. Um, you know, especially in a series like this, when you get somebody in there that's just stepping up and getting big hits like Horvath did, and Stokely got a couple big ones and some other guys. Reese Holbrook got a really big hit for us in that game one to extend that lead because uh, you got to extend the lead at that place. I mean, that place is just runs are going to be scored. They always have been. But Casey's been consistent, and again, he's been consistent because of himself. He's worked. You know, he's put the extra time in the weight room. The kids that, that make it through a college season um, and continue to do well most of the time, they take care of themselves off the field, and they and they stay strong in the weight room. Yeah. 
I know last week, you know, I mentioned RPI, so I'll mention it again this week. UNC's trending up at 36. They got ninth ranked Campbell, 12th ranked ECU. Really, I guess the statement is that obviously the Tar Heels control their own destiny heading down the stretch. And, and how do you feel about the position, you know, where where they're at right now and, and their mindset and you know, this may sound crazy to you two guys, but I stopped looking at that daggum RPI when uh, I think it was 2015 or 16. We're trying to get into the tournament. We didn't make it in 15 and 16. I think we were in the ACC playing game maybe three years in a row. Um, but I remember being on the bus watching Boston College and Clemson. We really needed Boston College to beat Clemson. They're like, hey, we were in the NCAA tournament, improved our ACC st standings, and they were up and they lost. So I said, two things I'm not doing. I'm not looking at that RPI. I'm not pulling for somebody to beat somebody else. I'm just going to focus on us. Um, because now I don't even understand quite the – I used to understand it better. To me, it's a little bit flawed because it's so – they've increased the winning part of it. And I don't think you can – you got to look at who who you're playing because you can control your schedule a lot of times, especially non-conference. Now, conference, it is what it is. But, you know, there there's some good teams in our league. And um, I think those teams aren't ranked in the top 25, and there are teams that are ranked in the top 10 that they're better than, you know, just because it is what it is. That's, that's kind of what I believe. So we're just going to concentrate on the day, Matt, getting better. We know we got – Campbell coming in. I told our guys they didn't play this weekend. They're going to probably throw their Friday guy. That's fine. We feel like we, we face guys like that every Friday and Saturday, Sunday in the league. And we'll figure out what we're going to do on the mound, you know, because we had that doubleheader and we'll concentrate on Campbell. And then we're excited about getting on that bus on a beautiful night, going to play in the jungle. Looking at the schedule, uh, obviously exam weekend. So those are the next two games. Are, are you happy where the schedule is now, or is there any opportunity that you see this late in the game to try to get another game since you lost those two against Pitt? Yeah, that's that's unfortunate that we lost those two because, man, we were hot at the time, especially offensively. That doesn't mean we would have won the whole series or swept them, but I felt good about it. Um, you know, we're trying, but it's hard around exams here. I do have some fillers out to try to squeak in a game, but, this, you know, the, the dates are limited, Tommy. We just don't have – many dates around exams. We need to look at that because I really would like to try to play this Saturday or Sunday. Um, but again, you're fighting the, the the exam part, and I understand that here at UNC, so it is what it is. But I'm still going to try to get those two, if not one, added. <laughs> Let me ask the proverbial – well, it's not a pitching question this time. It's Patrick Alvarez. Um, okay. Still got the bandage on. I feel like this team uh, it didn't show really on Saturday, but I feel like this team really misses him out there. Um, do you have any sort of update for him? I, I know medical updates are always iffy, but ideally you've said maybe after exam break, is he still trending that way or do you know? Yeah, you know, it'll be two weeks Friday since he had his surgery. Um, three weeks the, the, the 12th, which is when we play state. We play state the 11th, 12th, and 13th. Um, in my mind, I'm hoping maybe he can play against Clemson. Maybe, you know, that would be, it's not, you know, it can be three weeks. It could be six weeks. Um, but you know, Patty brings us so much. Like you said, you're, you're not wrong on that. Patty, uh, put it this way. He was on that bus and he was in our dugout for a reason. You know, he couldn't play, but he's one of our leaders and he stabilizes things in, in, in the lineup, but you know, it's a team game. Somebody's gonna have to step up. 
maybe we'll be lucky by Clemson. I do feel like he could start playing again in the ACC tournament. And then looking at the pitching rotation, um, you know, it's weird to me. Guys play well, then they get a start, and then they're kind of iffy or whatever. What did you see this weekend? Um, obviously, Carlson in the pen came out, had a great first inning, mm-hmm. and then whatever happened there. But what would you learn from your pitching guys, and, and does that shape anything going forward here over this next off weekend? Yeah, I think we're. I think we've learned a lot, and I feel good about the decisions that we're going to make moving forward, and the decisions we made at Virginia Tech. You know, if Nap can cut back on the free passes, his all speed is getting better. But man, like you know, five free passes, and he still gives you length. He can pitch into the sixth or seventh inning, and I thought Bovair was good. Um, you know, Connor's not a guy who can go out there and strike out twelve, um, but I thought he was good. They they got those. Those three, that extra two, dang it, you know, with two outs. But I thought he attacked the zone. I think Connor Bovers going to give you a chance to win when he goes out there. And Carlson, it's just an issue of right-handed hitters. It's the dangest thing. He's dominating lefties all year. Um, so we're going to work on that in the pen, being more specific on how he's going to do that. And we started Dalton um, because they have so many left-handed hitters. And, again, first inning, they get a couple, and then he goes back out and gives us some length. So we're going to look through it really well. We don't have to make that decision, Tommy, this week because we don't have a weekend series. So really we're going all in on these two games. Um, we'll start Cam Paget most likely tomorrow. We got to look at it, but we got to have we can't start Pence, can't start Nap, can't start Bobert, can't start Carlson. They they threw too many pitches. They can pitch potentially, but not start. Um, but Bobert's off four days rest. So we're looking at, you know, maybe starting him at East Carolina. Uh, but I want to focus on Campbell first, see how these two games go, and then we'll really zero in on what we're going to do against NC State. And obviously we have Gardner-Webb that Tuesday before, but we want to set up our rotation for that big series against State, and we'll do that after these two games. Yeah, one of the things that I was really interested in, in seeing is um, when you talk about Reese Holbrook, you know, it's obviously a great story, you know, with, with his – do what he's what he's overcome can you talk about what he needs to do to improve to achieve his goals as a baseball player yeah Reese just got to be more consistent with his at bats and uh and and you know a little more consistent defensively and continue to improve on his routes uh continue to improve on his arm strength but he's definitely improved in his year and a half that he's been here um but the competition is good you know we've got other guys and uh, at at the end of the game too we won't the best defenders out there, and that's up to you to be one of those best defenders. Um, you know, and uh, but again, I always look at you know what got thrown in the game in the middle of the game and got a big hit for us. And then you know, you know, Reese works so hard. It's also learning to slow the game down and really trusting how hard you have worked once you get in that box and just having fun and playing. Yeah. And somebody I haven't really had a chance to ask you about your relationship with. Can you tell me about your relationship with Larry Gallo? Oh, man. I mean, you see the big smile that comes to my face. I mean, if you don't know, ask Gallo. That's what everybody says around here. But Coach Gallo, to me, is more than an administrator. You know, he's just a close friend. And he's a baseball guy. He's got such a rich baseball background. But, man, not just that. Like, he cares and lives and dies with our games. And, uh, you know, I've learned – I learned. I knew a lot as an assistant coach. You learn more as a head coach. You figure out quickly, like, who really, really, really cares. 
who cares, you know, even more when you're going through the toughest stretch, those are the ones that really care. And Coach Gallo, he's – if I have a question or if I need to talk to somebody, I call Coach Gallo, and I hope he'll continue to do what he's doing as long as he feels good about it. But, man, I'm going to miss him dearly when he's no longer at UNC. That is UNC baseball head coach Scott Forbes. This has been This Week in UNC Baseball with Scott Forbes, Matt Clements, Tommy Ashley, and, of course, appreciate Scott Forbes giving us some time uh, what, what does a head coach do on an off weekend? Oh, man, there's no off weekend, Tommy. I wish <laughs> in my mind I said, well, you know, can we sneak down to Topsail because that's what the girls will want to do. Hannah's about done with her semester. Um, but my nature during the season is we're in the middle of the season. It ain't going to do me any good to go down there, um, try to work ahead, try to organize practices. Practices are very important to me uh, this time of year to keep our guys ready and keep them sharp. Um, but, you know, I'll enjoy getting home at a, at a time to eat dinner with everybody, maybe throwing something on the grill. We also work really hard from Thursday till Tuesday of going to make sure we see everybody that's coming in because we're fighting the major league draft. You know, you got to look a season ahead. We feel really good about this class, one of the best classes top to bottom we probably had here in the last, you know, six to eight years on paper. That again on paper, they need to re-rank these classes when they leave. Um, but we know we need to add some depth on the mound. We need to add some athleticism and power, and we feel like we've addressed that. But you got to get them here because they're also playing right now in front of all these major league scouts. So we go and go to those games and travel. Heck, Coach Gaines was here one day. Walked in my office, said, "I'm hopping on a plane. I'm going to New York to see Boston Flannery pitch." And he just left. He just walked right out. I was like, that's, you know, spent some time with his parents. And uh, so we'll do that mostly during this break. Good deal. Well, enjoy the non-off week <laughs> as you guys get out and bust humps with the humps coming in to Bosch on Tuesday night. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Y'all have a great day and a great week. Yep. Take Thanks. care. Thank you. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ, Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-average do of 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.